2: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G
3: home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
4: 902 in the a.m. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Ed Norris, Rob Long, Jeremy Kahn joining us right now him on church broadcast right here on 105.7 the fan courtesy of the WGK Law guest hotline the coach Chris Knocky what's going on coach what's going on fellas man <laughs> man I, I I, I, don't know where to start I don't know where to start the two numbers that I pointed out to the fellas today was 17 and 15 you know what those numbers represent coach
5: <laughs> you tell me Ron
4: Field goals made and turnovers. It's hard to win a game when it's
6: 17-15. Yeah, I
5: mean, first of all, you know going into that game, it's going to be a rock fight. It always is against Rutgers. You know, the two teams kind of similar both in terms of style and also, uh, you know, in stat sheet, which, which you've seen them do this year. Rutgers came in shooting 28% from three, Terps 29%. It was, it was you know, it's not a – Tape we're going to send to the Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> for either, for it, either team. You know, and it was brutal to watch. Um, just a dis- really disappointing and disheartening loss for sure.
7: <laughs> I mean, we keep asking. I hate to ask the same quote. Like, what is this team's identity? They don't shoot very well. They play some defense, but they turn the ball over a lot of times. Like, I can't get my, I don't know, handle on what's wrong right now.
5: <laughs> Maybe Maybe you just put your finger on their identity. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's you know the thing is is uh, you know I I, the the they're so quick to shoot threes and the stats uh, there's enough of a sample size with the season having you know played a lot of games at this point in time. You know what you you certainly know what you aren't. You might not know what you are, but you know what you aren't, and you're not a three point shooting team. I, I just thought that they. They shot too, way too many from the start, and part of that was Rutgers. So Rutgers zoned off on two guys that they were going to let shoot, and essentially played five on three. And uh, even with that, you know, you have to you have to make sure you have combinations of guys, if you're playing a certain way so that you're able to take advantage of the fact that they've zoned off on two of your guys. Basically back in the day, we used to call that, you know, self check where they basically let two guys kind of wander out there by themselves. And, uh, and, uh, you have to figure that out. It's a little bit like playing against a box in one or a triangle in two, you know, uh, it's kind of junk defense type stuff. And I just, again, I thought the terms were really quick on the trigger with a bunch of threes. And, uh, and they didn't hit any early and didn't hit many late either. I think they were two of eighteen or something like that for the game. Now that's that's not going to you know win you any awards, that's for sure.
2: No, it was rough. And then Dante was zero for five. All right, so you look at the schedule coming up. Um, you know, you play at Wisconsin, which I think is one of the toughest places to play. We asked Coach Willard about how difficult it is to try to win on the road in the Big Ten. And you know, hats off to Rutgers for their offense not playing well, but. What, what do you make of it? Where are some of the toughest places to play, in your opinion? Um, I've, you know, they're all tough. I, I, the, the ones that sort of,
5: you know, stand out to me, Mackey uh, at Purdue, uh, Assembly Hall, Indiana, tough mm-hmm. place to play. Um, you know, State Farm Arena in Champaign in Illinois, and I, I don't can't tell you why. Uh, first of all it's a, it's a cool place the fans students sit right down on the floor i for the life of me i can't tell you why maryland plays so well in that building all the time <laughs> uh we seem to have had Illinois number uh knock on wood at least in that building um those are great places i'm a big fan of the breslin center we just you know played up there at michigan state and really knowledgeable fans of course they're used to winning up there you know it's it's uh it's a habit and. Uh, uh, and they come out and support. seems like every game we've ever played there has been packed to the gills and um, sold out and great fun.
4: Yeah, here with Chris Nocky talking some Terps hoops. Uh, coach, I'm not going to act like I know the mind of an offensive basketball player because I wasn't one. In fact, if basketball was a sport where you could put people on for defense and offense, I would have been that guy that came off of offense. However, <laughs> when you are shooting as poorly as Young was shooting last night, and Reese was as hot as he was. When you're 3 for 17, you were never hot. When you're 8 of 10, you were never cold. Why didn't they find a way on the floor? I don't even think that's coaching. Why didn't they find a way on the floor to get Julian Reese the ball even more?
5: Well, I mean, again, go back to what I said earlier, Rob. Uh, You know, every time Julian got the ball, he was being attacked by two and three guys. And uh, so he had to get the ball out of his hands and Yeah, he was just trying to to be a team player and make everybody better. I think Jameer had, you know, Jameer's gotten into that sort of uh, rhythm, if I could, that's probably not the way to say it, but he's, you know, he's put on the cape in a lot of games and played his ass off and, and played really, really well. I just think that he, you know, he was of a mindset where the team wasn't scoring, other guys weren't doing it, and he took it upon himself to try and do it, and, uh, that's kind of who he is you know he's he's in his last go round and uh and you know i think that he you know he has a great belief in himself i i don't i don't begrudge him that you know i i just think that he's he's playing at a different level than everybody else is so when he tries to take the reins and tra- take over like that i think that you know you got to let him let him have at it see if he can do it uh but it, you know it's just disappointing and, and also You know, as well as Julian played, and the nineteen and twelve are great numbers. Uh, He left a lot of points, you know, at the free throw line, and three of nine. You know, you think about just the little plays in the game, the little things that would have made a difference. You know, the uh, giving up a few less offensive rebounds, making a few more free throws, and that's a completely different game.
2: So as you look at Ohio State coming up next, you know we—I we, know we've touched on the identity of this team and kind of trying to figure them out. Um, what do you do if your coach Willard to try to get these guys ready? As uh, this game was fairly ugly.
5: Well, I mean, if there's any team that's reeling more than the Terps are at this point in time, it's Ohio State. You know, I mean, they lost; they were up twenty in their game yesterday, last night against Indiana, ended up losing that game to an Indiana team that had seemed lifeless the game before, so. I, you know, they're big boys, they're adults, you know, these are 20, 20, year old guys, you, you know, you live to play again in the next game. And, and, you know, you're one game away from, uh, you know, from, from sort of rectifying things from your, for yourself, but you need to get the taste out of your mouth. I mean, uh, these guys have competed every game. I, I don't think they, I just think they played poorly last night. I, I don't think it's, it was a lack of competitive fire or lack of effort I just thought they played poorly. Uh, you just, you know, you have to go seize it. And, um, you know, we've done a pretty good job on the road of late. Mm-hmm. The one at Iowa, you know, one at Illinois, as I mentioned, and had a one-point mm-hmm. lead at Michigan State without arguably your best player on the floor for most of that game. So I expect they'll be ready to go on Saturday.
4: There he is, Chris Nagy. Coach, thanks a lot, my friend. Till the next stop. All right, guys. Thanks. My right, buddy, 410 That's the number. Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Band joins us at 9.30. Talk some Ravens. But on the other side, Jeremy Conn, it's the Daily
2: Line. Yeah, Daily Line. Yesterday uh, called the, the Oklahoma game on the air, told everybody to play that. You would have hit that. Didn't do so well in my other top plays, but went 4-1 in my prop bets. I'll tell you about all that, what we're looking at tonight in the NBA, NHL, and College Hoops. Got a lot of great games. I'll give you the plays for this evening coming up next here on The Fan.
3: Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. that's an air ball and brought out by usan long pass mccollum ahead of the field
2: lays it in Take the trap mccollum Hugley kicks Sorez. all fake drives and slams there you go that's courtesy of espn uh, talked about it yesterday i said oklahoma was my favorite play um gave it out on the air said it was a great bet they won the rest of my favorite plays uh not so much um did not go my way i had the under and the wolves and bulls that went to overtime um colorado state won and covered ball state no bueno tennessee martin arkansas little rock finished just under um did you see that clemson north carolina game finishing that way yeah no I, well i talked about it yesterday especially on my podcast and said that clemson's a live dog like i thought they were a live dog um i didn't think they were going to upset north carolina but You know, it's weird, though, in college hoops because sometimes you get these teams. It's one of the reasons why I bet against, and I lost, South Carolina against Georgia last week. They had come off some really big emotional wins, and there's no more emotional win for UNC than beating Duke unless it's a big, like, you know, Final Four game or tournament game or something. Um, So there was that possibility of a letdown in the next game, and that's kind of what you got. I mean, Clemson's a decent team, so it didn't shock me. Had the under in the caps in um, Montreal game. Mm -hmm. And here comes Montreal just scoring goal after goal after goal in what had been a low scoring. So an ugly night there, but in my prop bets, I hit a ton. Uh, Went 4-1 in my props. Uh, The one I missed was Aaron Niesmith, but Jalen Green over, Dante DiVincenzo, Chet Holmgren, Kyrie Irving, had all those guys over on their points. Uh, I thought they were all in phenomenal spots, uh, spots last night. And even Aaron Nesmith was in a great spot. He just didn't take a lot of shots, which can happen in a game where there's, what, 270 points scored. Um, so where are we going tonight? What are we going to look at? In hockey, I like Dallas and Toronto to go over 6.5. I'm fading the money there. I know, like, Dallas has typically been an under team. I think Toronto scores a little bit more mm-hmm. than, than usual, you know, mm-hmm. than, than some of the other teams. Um, I think this one gets a little bit more paced up, so I like that. Uh, in in the NBA, here's what I'm leaning to, and I'm probably not betting all these. I think the Raptors are an interesting spot against the Hornets. It'll most likely be the game I cross off just because it's a road favorite, and when I start eliminating games, that's probably where I'm going to look first. Um, weird things happen in the NBA, but this Hornets team is just dreadful. Uh, Detroit and Sacramento over 242. Looks like a great spot for a, a, a total this should be up and down the floor. Detroit plays a little bit faster. Bigs have been killing Detroit. Detroit kills other teams' bigs. It's a great Jalen Duran, uh, Demonte Sabonis spot. I mentioned it the other day. Demonte Sabonis, fourth in the MVP voting. Not in the All-Star game. I don't get it. Um, and how then is last, that possible? It, well, it's just, I, I, it's, it's the whole thing and then the process of how they vote on this stuff and they just don't get it right because I don't know if you're taking into consideration like fan votes and the percentage of this and... They change how they do the All-Star game every year, Um, but here we are. And then the other game that really stands out, the Celtics against the Hawks. The Hawks have been on a bit of this road trip. They've played quite a few games the past couple couple weeks. I think this is a good spot for, I want to call it a letdown, because Boston's better than them, but there's a reason why Boston's favored by 11.5 in this matchup. So I think Boston's in a good spot. Now, once we get the college hoops, Gonzaga's favored by 26.5 over Portland. That's a number they should cover, but this ain't the same old Gonzaga team. Um, I do like it. I think Auburn-Alabama is uh, is a fun game that could be fast-paced. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, there was another game, uh, UTSA and Wichita State might be my favorite overplay of the day. It's 157.5. I think Tennessee boat races LSU. Notre Dame and Duke should get very ugly. It's one thirty four. Notre Dame has problems scoring. They slow down the game. They muck it up to a degree and make things interesting. Um, And lastly, Providence is probably my favorite play tonight against Creighton. I think they pull off an upset. I think Missouri's in a great spot as well. One of the things I wanted to bring up, we talked about, um, do you guys remember the DraftKings thing that we talked about on Monday about the exact golf? Yes. You want to know if they paid it out or if they didn't?
7: I sure do. They didn't.
2: They didn't? They didn't? No, I read it. Yeah, they didn't. And I don't know if some of it's going to be changed for some of the guys that bet within. There were people that were, and they knew what was going on. They were trying to circumvent it. I don't have as much of a problem with them not paying it out and returning the guy's money. Uh, there are a handful of people that did bet it in what you the get, third it's 20 round. bucks back? Yeah. And How seven, much would he have won? 750000 Oh, that's fair. But, I mean, did he really do anything except write the the order that they finished in the third round? I mean that's that's what he did and bet it and then is it officially
7: in the books is that the how is that the standings how it ended
4: yeah he yeah. should, should get paid that's how it ended he put he predicted he bet on how it would finish he doesn't he didn't do
7: a rain dance no like I told you I If thought a baseball it was... game ends you know it gets rained out in the eighth inning is that an official game
2: so it depends on a total no. A uh, game has to go at least eight and a half innings for a total to be uh, mm-hmm. but it only has to go five for the side. So if you're winning after five innings so and you it gets just, rained you, out.
7: You bet the money line and you win if yeah. It, yeah,
2: Yeah. So and then there's So all, what did he bet? Huh? He he bet the, the finish I the, think it was the, that the equivalent of the money line? No, no. He bet the exact finish, one through
4: twenty, I believe. So that's the exact finish. I don't get it. I, I mean even, I knew the answer to it only because
2: I read about I mean, it, but it, I don't get it. it.
7: It's the official finish. Yeah.
2: Well they I know for a fact that they did not pay out anybody that bet it after the third round ended. Um there were a handful of people that were betting it as the third round was ending, so there's like a little bit more of a risk that something could change but mm-hmm. not really. Um I don't know like it's it's a weird thing cuz you did circumvent kind of the rules and what it's meant for but it's almost like I like that so hats off to you for being forward thinking. Uh, I'm, not, I'm never going to side with the book on this. It's like, mm-hmm. it feels weird. It feels like si- siding with uh, the government. <laughs> so I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's kind of a weird thing that we, we didn't expect to see when it comes to gambling um, with guys placing these wagers. And, and now you got to be careful. I, I've said all along, the books have all the advantage. And if you're doing really well at gambling and you're winning, you will get limited. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not like counting cards. If you're good at something, you're good at something. There's still that spread. There's still that edge, and uh, it'll happen. But there you go. There you go. Thanks a lot, Jeremy Kahn.
4: 410-583-1057. That's the number. Bottom Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. We asked one another this question a little bit earlier. Will the Ravens have a top-five defense in 2024? The question was, will they have it? Well, Jonas Schaefer covers this team like no one else for the Baltimore batter. And he will join us up next
3: offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like t-mobile we have america's largest 5g network so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop we have the 5g speed you need whatever takes you on the go t-mobile's got you covered Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today.
1: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 9.30 in the a.m., Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Joining us right now from the Baltimore banner, courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline, he is Jonas Schaefer. What's going on, Jonas? I'm yeah. sorry. Jonas, what's going on, man? How's it going, bud? Doing well, doing well. Hey, Jonas, I'm going to ask you a question that we talked about a little bit earlier. We answered a little bit earlier. Ravens' new defensive coordinator, a, a man who's come through the organization, is Zach Orr. But the uncertainty on the Ravens' uh, side of the that football is our free agents. I mean, who's coming back? Uh, so, Will, not can because we believe they can. But do you believe the Ravens will return in 2024 with a top-five defense?
9: Man, that's tough. Uh I will say no, just because it is very, very tough to be like top five good on defense in the NFL three years in a row. Uh, When you do not have someone who controls the the game on that side of the ball, like you do on offense with a quarterback and you are dealing with, you know, turnover at the staffing positions and you're losing depth and you're, you're risking injuries. It is very, very tough to be like elite year after year after year. So I think when you look at the foundation of that roster with, you know, three potential all pros and Matt of Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton, that is a really, really great place to start. Obviously, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens two also high quality players, but there are a lot of, you know, teams around the league with really good talent at, really, at you know, crucial spots. I mean, the 49ers, you know, have a lot of, a lot of talent, but they were not a top five defense this year, despite, uh, you know, all that premium playmakers that they have. So, I would be inclined to say no, but uh, that's going to be a challenge for for Zach Orr and John Harbaugh and the strength conditioning staff, and make sure that everyone can do everything possible to uh, to replicate what they did this year.
7: So everyone seems to be focusing on the players, which makes sense. You know, Matabike's name is uh, you know everybody's lips, and um, is he going to be franchised? And what do you do with him? And of course, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch. We have oh, plus 20 more free agents. However. Um, what's, if there is, what's a bigger impact? The players that may be leaving or the coaches and and front office personnel? Because it's not just McDonald who left. I mean, you know, we even went to the Dolphins. You've got Hortiz went to the Chargers uh, to be with Harbaugh. You know, he was with the franchise for 26 years. These guys all play important roles. I mean, What do you think is going to be a bigger impact? I
9: I think considering, man, that stuff's I guess I would just say, like, in a vacuum, probably the coaches um, because, you know, not only are you losing, like, Patrick Queen, but you're also losing Zach Orr at that position group. You know, not only are, are you losing uh, probably, you know, Stone, but you're losing the guy, Bernard Wilson, who, you know, was beloved in Philadelphia, soon, you know, quickly beloved in Baltimore, uh, talented enough to get defensive coordinator interviews from around the league and, you know, that they are I don't think, if you had told me, guys, like that before the year, Brandon Stevens, who was not super impressive during offseason workouts or even early in training camp, would be, you know, one of the more reliable cornerbacks in the NFL. I would have told you yeah. uh, that he must have been on another team because uh, it did not seem possible. So I'm always, you know, going to give a nod to coaching and to culture and, you know, uh, so losing someone like Clowney, Bennoy, Noy, Geno Stone, they're all Big big losses, that's for sure, but you know I think there's enough depth on this team and they have enough draft capital to, to maybe swing some decent replacements. but if there's just not that steady growth from you know day one to day 100 over the course of the season, then you're not going to be playing uh, you know long into the postseason, if at all.
2: Hey, uh, what are your thoughts on what the running back room looks like next year? because I, I think it could be rather interesting depending on how long it takes Keaton to heal up and what they decide to do?
9: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what that could be, and I'm I'm curious to see how much interest they might have in someone like J.K. Dobbins, and how much some, how much interest someone like J.K. Dobbins might have in the Ravens. Because you know, if if Gus Edwards, if this is it for Gus Edwards in Baltimore, then uh, you are talking about you know two or three spots opening that usual running back rotation, probably to open the season. You know, uh, Justice Hill is, is a very competent you know, running back two, running back three, but has not shown that game-breaking ability as a runner. You know, we've seen teams like the Rams find Pro Bowlers. Uh, you know, early in the draft, Kyron Williams, I think, that was a. Was late in the draft was I think a fifth-round pick. Uh, you know, we've seen the Ravens turn uh, kind of no-name free agents in, into quality producers. In, in quality producers, excuse me. So I'm sure they will look in that market as well. Um, but there's there's a need for some high-end talent there. I mean, you know with Gus Edwards kind of falling off and and JK not being on the team this year and Keith Mitchell not being super used and then getting hurt, that there was not that game breaker at the end that you really need to pair with Lamar to highlight his running ability. So I don't know if they're going to use a day one or day two pick on a running back. Uh, Probably not, but I I do think it's important that they spend at least one of those seven or eight draft picks on a running back uh, this coming draft.
4: Jonas Schaefer joins us uh, from the Baltimore Bandit. Jonas, how does Jerry Rosberg – Get get in the media that he's going to be the with game day coordinator. I believe it was to now not with the staff at all. What what happened? Was that really a thing, or, or just a rumor?
9: Uh, I mean, uh, I, I trust Tom Pelissero. I, I, I you know can give you more information other than just the fact that he was supposed to come and then you know he's he not. Uh, we were hoping to talk to John Harbaugh yesterday at the uh, at the presser, but uh, he was conspicuously absent at at, at Zach Gores, which is. Not too dissimilar from what happened last year when they introduced Todd Munkin. He was there for prepared comments at the beginning, and then he left, <laughs> not wanting to uh, probably answer any questions about Lamar Jackson and the uh, on Kobe situation then. So, uh, w- w- you know, what I do know is that, you know, Jerry Rosberg at this moment is, is not going to be on the staff. Uh, I don't know if there was any kind of knee-jerk reaction to all the angry fans of Baltimore asking John Harbaugh about, you know, what is actually his role on game day. He's not coordinating the offense, not coordinating the defense. Uh, not managing time. Uh, It it would have been, you know, acceptable, I guess, Uh, probably not the best word, but it it wouldn't have been too far a leap to say that he could have stepped in and helped replace some of the, uh, some of what you lose with, with, uh, with Anthony Weaver going to Miami, you know, a guy who could be an assistant head coach kind of guy, a guy who can help manage the culture, help manage the coaching staff, that kind of thing. There's obviously that seniority and that experience. I mean, Rossberg has been in Baltimore a couple of times over the past couple of years to, to watch in our practices, but uh, I don't know. I can't speak uh, expertly on what broke down there and if there's a, uh, you know, if John Harbaugh is in the market for someone of that similar level similar level of expertise that he can bring to Baltimore.
7: Just uh, talking about, uh, you know, what, it, what does John Harbaugh do? I'm just curious, this whole thing about Lamar being more involved in the offense that's come out did not didn't they tell us that at the beginning of the year? <laughs> <laughs> like what suppo- yeah, was supposed to be already?
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he he was uh that was you know, I, I guess more of a, a pre-snap thing. Uh, you know, it just you know, Lamar has the the power to, to change snaps before the, the the play and he has it the option with, with more RPOs to kind of dictate where the ball goes, which was, I think, probably to the Ravens' detriment at times. Again, against the Chiefs, just didn't make a whole lot of great decisions. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it's just a matter of, you know, whether John wants to, to bring that in at all or, or, or what. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Lamar has had empowerment basically since uh, since the start of training camp. He's getting all. more
7: empowered now.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think – I think if they brought in Rosberg, maybe he's supposed to let him go. We just got the six rushes; we can go to seven. It's okay if you want to run it again. Um, we can try it. I, w- did you buy any of that stuff, Jonas? When they were trying, like it was, it, it felt like the same excuses in 2019 and why they didn't run the football.
9: Yeah, it was it was disappointing to me, and you know, obviously, you get to that fourth quarter and you really have no choice but to, to pass. So I'm kind of more so judging on the on the first three quarters, but that there were opportunities there. You know, there was a, a stat from Seth Walter uh, of ESPN yesterday that I retweeted. That was like, you know, the Ravens saw something like 30 plus plays where the chiefs lined up with white boxes, which is like, you know, six or seven defenders. And that's if on the Ravens, the, the green flag to, to go and run the ball and, and go probe that defense. And uh, this is not a good chiefs defense. They're missing a couple starters starting to the linemen starting linebacker and for the Ravens to get away from that. And, you know, they had like one of the lowest design run rates of any team uh, in any game this year, playoffs or regular season. So it's still pretty mystifying um, to see them go away from that. Uh, And obviously, like I said, the RPOs, if if Lamar is deciding that he wants to pass, then that is a run that you are taking off the board. Um, But there were still obvious spots, I I think, where the Ravens should have run the ball, and they didn't. And now they're probably living to regret it.
4: There he is, Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore Band of Jonas. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, my friend.
9: Thanks, that's Appreciate Thank
4: it. you. Thanks, my man. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Joe has the encore. You don't want to miss it. I have the Black History Moment and find out what we learned today all on the fan.
0: That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at hero.co.
4: I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Damn, variable right here. I'm just reading it. He said, um, he said, if Drizzy's Glizzy's out there, you have to look at it. He's the most streamed artist. That's right. Huh. <laughs> why would be able to say that? Personally, on that note, I've never seen the Marlon Brando photo that you always talk oh, about. Oh, You got to see it. Now. Oh, see that photo. Yeah. See, but why do you need to see it? Because Marlon have... Brando is one of the most iconic actors of the 20th century. No, because I've never seen anybody enjoy something that much in their life. <laughs> His awesome. eyes are closed, and you can tell. And to how to much answer funny your question,
7: why do I have to look at it? I didn't want to. He insists. He's showing it over and over and over.
2: Drake looks like he's having a good time too. So did Brando. Brando was having the best time ever. <laughs> the best time. The best foods are shaped like this. It's true. And Rob folks, can't even look at my folks. I'm the
4: one on the show that's clinically diagnosed as ADHD. I'm the one. That's me. You see what the show just turned?
2: You gotta look. Through. I
4: didn't do that. Drizzy's glizzy. I had glizzy. nothing to do with that. I didn't watch Brando. I didn't watch Drizzy's glizzy. Hold on. You've I seen Brando to do with this conversation. You've seen Brando. Have I?
7: you yeah. have? When? When he made us look at it. <laughs> that made
2: Like I held you and held your eyes open. Look at this.
7: Bird box. Yeah, <laughs> It was like Clockwork Orange yeah. when it had those things on, his, on Alex's eyes. <laughs>
2: You're gonna see this.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Playing Beethoven stuff.
4: Oh, boy. And that's where this show went. <laughs> that's the encore for the day. Now time for our Black History Moment. Today, boys and girls, I'm going to tell you all about Thomas L. Jennings. He was an African-American inventor, trademan, entrepreneur, and abolitionist in New York City. He has a distinction of being the first African-American patent holder in history. He was granted the patent in 1821 for his novel method of dry cleaning. See? Something that Ed and I have used, something that you have not. Jennings invented along. long I use dry cleaning. With his business expertise yielded a significant personal fortune, much of which he put into the abolitionist movement in the United States. It was just great of him. Trust me, it was great. Uh, Jennings uh, was a tailor who later opened a dry cleaning business in New York City. He eventually opened his business store on Church Street, which became one of the biggest clothing stores in New York City. Uh, Thomas developed his dry cleaning process called dry scoring as a tailor. His customers often complained of uh, their clothes being stained, uh, being uh, ruined by stains. So he started experimenting with different chemicals that could protect the fabric while removing stains. Thomas L. Jennings earned a large amount of money as a tailor and with his dry uh, scouring invention made even more. Thomas went, uh, the majority, uh, spent the majority of his money on abolitionist activities in 1831. Thomas Jennings became the assistant secretary of the first annual convention of the people of color in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Boys and girls, Thomas L. Jennings.
7: And now it's known as Zips.
4: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, i I, I got to be honest with you. i never heard of him until last week wow. Glad he lived, though. Yeah, glad. yeah, how about that? Can you imagine how wrinkled your suits would be? How ruined they would be? Talk this, talk talking to talk talking ahead? talking <laughs> ahead. Now time for you to find out what we learned today. Sponsored by For more information, visit Ed Norris, what did you learn today?
7: I learned, well, today in sports history, um, Joe DiMaggio... Became the first uh, major league baseball player to be signed to a, a million dollar, excuse me, hundred thousand dollar contract oh, in nineteen forty nine. Hundred thousand dollar contract, nineteen forty nine, and that is, if you don't know, by today's standards, it's one point two million dollars. Still not a lot of money. He came into the league in nineteen thirty six. He was a thirteen year veteran and th- signed that contract. You, imagine, what a difference! Mm. Uh, I mean, back then, That's why those guys had off season jobs? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. A whole We're, lot of money in 1949, but not not even close to what guys are getting now. Working to peer But think about it, though. I mean, a million dollars is good now, but it doesn't put you in the upper echelon. No.
4: So, basically, that $100,000 was good, but it didn't put them in the yeah. upper echelon.
7: No. No, no. Nothing like baseball players are making now, or any athletes. It's, wow. It's incredible. And that was, I'm sure it was a huge deal at the time.
4: Uh, I'd like to say uh, happy birthday to my buddy Wolf, Jonathan Sneehagen. Happy Ooh. birthday to you, my friend. I uh, hope you enjoy it.
2: That's all I got. What you learned today, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, police have confirmed that the man who tragically fell from the roof of an 18 story nightclub was not a bouncer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> my wife said I should stop using sewing jokes. She's tired of hearing them. She thinks I'm running out of good material. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I used to leave my ex in stitches. Hey! <laughs> Uh, So I was in a shoe shop this morning trying on a shoe, and I said to the assistant, it's too tight. She said, try it with the tongue out. And I said, it's no good. It's still too tight. (laughs) My wife and I woke up at the same time this morning, and she said she was dreaming she was at Walmart. And I said, well, I was dreaming I was with three women. She asked if she was there. I said, no, you were at Walmart. Let me give you the bad one. Oh, I got two more. I'll give you this bad one, and I'll give you the other one. Um, Scientists have found that cows produce more milk when the farmer talks to them. Apparently, it's a case of in one ear and out the utter. Oh, man. (laughs) And here, I'll throw this one at you guys. If you could have sex with a famous celebrity, alive or dead, which would it be? And I'll start you off so you guys can think. Mine would be alive. Alive. <laughs> Which one are you guys going with?
4: <laughs> well played. Well played. Because I was thinking, I was thinking celebrities days. Alive. And, <laughs> Norris what you got planned for the day this Wednesday, Hup Day?
7: I uh, have dinner with my son tonight. I just haven't seen him in a couple weeks. So let oh. to go down and have a steak with my boy. Nice. It's nice. It's just a nice uh, nice day.
2: Wednesday and Thursday for me are gonna be me diving into Super Bowl prop bets the whole day. Really? Yeah. Today? Yeah, I right. start it today and then I'll probably finish everything up tomorrow. Uh today's a good day for me. No
4: practice. Just just chilling, man. We'll go you drive the, to Hagerstown? I'm gonna go i hop on a on a treadmill <laughs> for a little while and then find something to watch. I don't know what I want to watch. We'll find something There's to some watch. There's
2: some good basketball tonight. Auburn, no, Alabama. I'm talking about am I'm gonna hop oh, on a treadmill with this after this today, this morning. So I'll have the afternoon. The we are the world documentary. That was good. I don't care about it. You don't care about the world. I care about the world. But I don't care about learning about
4: we are the world with how they made it. I don't, I don't it's care. Pretty good. I don't care. Yeah. It's pretty you good. Know? Just cause I like the song. I don't care how it's made. I have no interest in that. Mm. I, don't, I don't. I don't find that fascinating. I know the story. Michael the Prince didn't like one another. It was
2: organic. They didn't know who would show up the end. That's not the story. Okay. It's close. I've heard it before. This part, it is the story. Uh, That's what happens. <laughs> but it's more entertaining than that.
4: Yeah, I've heard it before.
2: I'm good. I need a show. You know, something I don't know what's going on. Did you going watch on. that one show I told you? What was what's it? Tokyo it Vice? That's, I couldn't think of it. Yeah. I swear it's I couldn't think of it. And the second season's coming out. Ed, you Tokyo like Vice. That's what I watched today. It. It's about a reporter that tries to infiltrate. Yaksa. Um, yeah. How long is it? Uh, uh, each like episode. Eight, eight episodes. Each episode's like 40 minutes oh, well, to like, be, get on the, an hour, maybe. First episode yeah, on so the go. some
7: serious
4: gangsters. Oh, yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. There you go. Tokyo Vice. Vice. Like Miami Vice, but yes. in Tokyo. Vinny and Haiti up next. Yeah. Have yourselves a safe. It, it, it is like it's that. It's <laughs> a wonderful day.
2: What it was.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas